Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week I have Jen with me, and we're talking about and more than face value, about how we do things for reasons other than what it looks like. For example, the gym is physical, but also has mental and emotional benefits. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I have Jen with me this week, and we're talking about how when we do things that there's a lot more to it. Uh, like Jen used the phrase, more than meets the eye. Um, it's like a full package of reasons, uh, a big one being working out. And working out, obviously, is you do it for a physical reason, the health benefits of it. But going to the gym is, it's my, my space, my place to clear my mind and uh, just mentally and emotionally. I mean, I mentioned backpacking a lot, how, yes, it's a physical activity, but again, a place for me just to go clear my head and, and think about other things or not think about anything. And Jen, what's your feeling on how there's, I mean, things that we do that have more than the, that obvious reason or the face value of why, why we do it. Oh, every part of our life can have more than just face value. There be it our workouts, be it our decisions for a particular doctor medical treatment, be it why we took a particular route to go to the grocery store. I, I remember one time driving to the grocery store and I looked at the car beside me and at the person driving, I'm like, why are they out at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday? What, what's their backstory? And, and, you know, or the kid in the, the grocery store in the middle of, you know, October on, on a Wednesday at 1 p.m. You're like, wait a minute, you, sh- you should be in school. Why are you not in school? There's, there's always a story more than just what it looks like. I'm, I'm kind of laughing at that. And if Brian actually listens to this episode, he'll probably wine that I'm bringing this up but uh he had a little plumbing issue one time and we kept him out of school and I go to stop and shop the local grocery store uh here up in the northeast and it's like noon or one o'clock and he goes is this what adults do during the day while we're in school they go grocery shopping because here's a kid that would normally be in school that day and he just noticed that all the adults were out grocery shopping and and I say the same thing I mean now that my schedule is very random and I don't work your typical nine to five Monday through Friday job, I'm, I'm pretty much on call 24 seven when a client needs me. And there are many times, I mean, even, even being at the gym at nine or 10 in the morning, I look around and say, don't these people work? I mean, I know I'm there too. And, and sometimes it's for me and sometimes it's working, but yeah, there is a lot more to what's going on and, and why we do things. It is in a way it shows that one, we have so much more to learn and so much more to open our minds to different, you know, options. We are very, I wouldn't say close-minded on that, but we all, we, you know, with the 10 o'clock on a Tuesday at the gym, we're all looking at your typical Monday through Friday, eight to five. Why is someone here failing to realize that someone may work? Wednesday to Sunday. And so a Tuesday at 10 a.m. is is basically still their weekend or things like that. And we just, I feel that with with that, we need to be a little bit more not trying to put our entire schedule or our life views, impose those on everybody else. Uh, my, my mother was a nurse and 
she worked and five days a week, but never really worked more than three days in a row. So she worked every other weekend and the, the work week did go Sunday to Saturday. So technically when she worked a, a weekend of Saturday and Sunday, she was working the last day of week one and the first day of week two. But so she would work that Sunday, maybe that Monday and then have Tuesday off and then work Thursday, Friday and have Saturday, Sunday off the following week. And then when she became an, became an APRN and she got a job in a clinic where she was working Monday through Friday, she's, how do people do this? How do people work five days in a row? Because for 20 something years working in a hospital in the, in the ER setting or when she was in ICU, she never worked a five day in a row work week. I mean, take away when she would cover a shift here and there, but she always had a day off every three days, maybe every four days at the most. So that difference. And like you said, I mean, even that someone might work Monday through Friday or whatever the equivalent is, whether it starts on a Sunday night, that second shift or that third shift. And there are other things to do, but as far as the things we do for personal reasons, so take work schedule out of it. I mean, I know one of your activities is doing puzzles and crocheting and yeah, you like the craft of it, but that's also a relaxing thing for you to do. I mean, you can sit down on, and I was going to say a snowy Sunday in February, but obviously <laughs> you don't get that snow in February. I mean, there's so many activities we look forward to that isn't necessarily the snow activities to go out and go sledding or go skating, but it's just like, okay, when it's zero degrees and snowing in February, that's the time to sit down and watch the movie. I mean, in your case, when it's 115 in August, that's the time to sit inside and watch the movie. Exactly. Um, kind of that go back to that, your own backyard. We all have different times when it's, you don't want to be outside, but those activities of doing the puzzles and the crocheting, it's more than just the puzzle. It's a relaxing aspect to it. It's a time to just have that somewhat mindless thing. I don't need to think I need to just do what I'm doing. Exactly. And the, and the puzzles that I do every now and then I will do one for strictly because I like the picture and that's what I want to do. Other times about once a month, I participate in a puzzle competition with few other people across the Western United States and um, Connecticut this last time. And they, we, we pick a particular puzzle and we all start at the exact same time. We actually do a video call and start. Very the, unfair to have the 14 year old start at 10 PM. But anyway, <laughs> well, yes, yeah, the, the teenager should be able to keep up with it. Yes. My but, very enthusiastic 14 year old was very excited and then realized <laughs> it was late. It, it, it was late. It was a, a 1500 piece. And, but one of those, it, it's great. Yeah. It's a Friday night. So I'm not going out on those Friday nights, I literally pick out a movie or whichever TV show I'm needing to binge for that particular weekend. I cop a squat on the floor and have my puzzle table out. And that's what I do until I can't keep my eyes open anymore. The part of the puzzle, yes, the satisfaction of putting a piece in and seeing the organization of that and, and the clean lines once it's all completed. Yes, that, that, that feeds the, the OCD part of me very, very well. But the interaction with the other humans in reference to the competition and, and we're, we're, you know, kind of ribboning each other on, the, you know, who's far, who's this far along or what, can't you find that extra, that border piece, but we're also cheering each other on in reference to as far as we've gotten and congratulations, you beat me this time. And, and so it's not just 
sitting down and doing a puzzle so I don't have to get up and do chores and, and get out of all those, you know, adult things. But it's the, I like to refer to it as dishes. And I know that sounds really weird, but one of my favorite activities is doing dishes because it's a completely mindless act. You don't have to think about how you're going to do this particular dish. You've done dishes your whole entire life. You know what it's like to wash them. And I can stand there and wash the dishes and solve all the world's problems and create a whole new batch while I'm standing there at the kitchen sink. And that, that's where I'm at. It's the, the clean and the, the satisfaction of a clean sink, being able to mentally work through whatever I had to deal with at work that day or on my drive home and everything else along those lines. And doing a puzzle is kind of the same thing. I don't have to think about how this particular piece is going to go in. It just, it does it or it doesn't. It's that simple. I don't have to try to figure out some mechanical aspect of it. I just can sit there and do that. And my mind can wander to anything that I want it to. And it gives me that, that opportunity to completely mentally unload whatever's going on. But similar, like at the archery club, um, obviously my family, I've mentioned that the four of us compete. So there's times we go to the club where we are training. We are focused very much on the competitive style of shooting on our form, on everything. But once a week, the club, and hopefully we'll get back into this uh, in the next month or so, we, we shoot a game called bowling. It's a special target and you score it like bowling. And I'll tell people about it just to get that, that camaraderie that community aspect of the club and all the members and we'll we'll have 16 to 20 people there on a thursday night and i tell them if you do it right it's not worth going for because you only take 12 shots 12 strikes in a row you're there for an hour you took 12 shots you go home not really worth it but you're not going for the archery aspect of it you're going for that community aspect to be there with other people i mean most people will go get there at six o'clock shoot your 300 game or your 450 round or whatever so do your practice your training and then just participate in the club game the second hour so obviously now you've gotten your 30 40 60 shots in um, but it, it's a different reason we do it i mean i i mentioned again the backpacking or the hiking and some people go out for that hike and that is their exercise that is their physical activity where i'll do the hike and it's not necessarily for the activity i'm not doing it to get my steps i'm doing it because this is where i go into the woods and i clear my mind i go and i i love going um and you spent the night on the appalachian trail with me where we can sit there and just talk i mean there were another there was another couple there on the trail i mean staying in the shelter that night and i mean we we talked with them for like 15 20 minutes and just it's great to meet people from, I mean, all over the country, in some cases, all over the world and, and the AT, which it runs from Georgia to Maine, the section in Connecticut, I've met people literally from all over the world and you share stories, but even when I'm out there on my own and I'll just lay in the hammock or this last time I went out there, I was in my tent, but it was a clear night. So I didn't even put the fly on it. So it was just like laying on the ground in a screen porch and just clear your mind just think about anything or not think about anything at all. And yes, it was that physical activity to get there, but that's not why I did it. I did it to refresh, to recharge, to just mentally and emotionally clear everything out and reset for the next day and, and moving forward. And, and the same thing happens at the gym. I know I myself have used my workouts 
for that exact reason. Yes, it's you know, 110, 112 degrees outside. So I'm not doing my walks down around the neighborhood. It's, it's, it's too hot, but I'll go, I'll hit the, the gym here where I live and do the, the treadmill for half hour, 45 minutes, or I'll do my weights or, or whatever. And there are times that I'll have the music on other times. Usually if I'm on the treadmill, I'll have a, a podcast. This one, if I have behind or, you know, others that uh, are guilty pleasures of mine that I listen to, but it's, it's one of those, it's not just doing the workout, building my strength, getting my exercises in it's doing something that one i'm away from my phone i i have tried doing my workouts in my living room it doesn't work because the laundry is calling or the cat's yelling at me or there's something i need to pick up or, or something like that so getting out going to the gym to where i don't have any other you know distractions or interruptions is that 45 minutes of me time yeah, no, I, I do. I argue with myself about whether or not I should do it. Yes, every single time. Right, but well, but, and I mean, we we've done the, the two shows. I mean, show number seven was the importance of rest, and then you and I did uh, show number seventy, which was I mean, rest and the rest, where we kind of revisited that topic, and and I'll use rest and and you and I. I mean, I I virtually train you. I mean, we check in on how you're doing with your exercises, and I. I wrote your programming and you've been going through the different phases of that. Uh, and there's days when I'll ask, Hey, how are you feeling? Today's the workout day. And you're like, yeah, but I'm not feeling it. I think I'm going to push it to tomorrow. And I'll never argue with you with that because I, I know you're dedicated. I know you're structured. I know you have other things going on. I mean, one of them, which, I mean, we did a full episode and I'm dealing with adversity. You have your type one diabetic. So there's days where, as you called it, the other the other day, the, the glue coaster, when your numbers go up and down, when you're going urgent low to extreme high and back down three times in, in a 24 hour span, it kicks the crap out of you. And it's just a day where, nope, this ain't happening. I'm pushing it to tomorrow. And it's, it's not an excuse. It's a legitimate reason on why. And even if it didn't necessarily physically beat you up, but you just were emotionally drained from it. Um, because again, you, you have pointed out that and emotionally, the diabetes gets to you at times. Or saying, we just discussed it the other day that maybe twice a year, it's like, make this stop. I, I don't want it anymore. As much as you've dealt with it for years. And there's times where you just need that rest. And there's nothing wrong with that. The rest is, is perfectly fine. And then going on to it, like when I talk to people about training, the way I describe it is your number one goal to be, is to be get stronger and build muscle. So you want to take your four cylinder engine, build muscle, become a six cylinder engine. And now you're going to naturally burn more gas, burn more calories, burn more fuel, as opposed to if you did all cardio, now your body wants to become a hybrid and you're going to burn less calories and be more efficient with the calories. And now that's where it sits. And that's where we can, we can possibly gain weight, especially if we stop. But if someone says, but I like riding my bike, I like going for runs. I like the cardio. It's my I mean, runner's high. I mean, that's a, a phrase that runners. And it's a I, real thing. Right. I mean, I, at one point I would have considered myself a runner. I run now. I mean, just for, for exercise, for cardiac health. Uh, I'm a high school referee. So I just did nearly three miles this weekend for the city jamboree. 
Um, so if someone ever says, but I like riding my bike, okay, we're going to ride our bike. And even if you're going to go for that I mean, 10 mile ride twice a week, three times a week, you're not doing it for exercise. You're doing it for the enjoyment of the activity for, again, the mental or the emotional reason more than the physical reason. Don't stop it. Even if it counteracts the, what you're doing in the gym, don't stop it because that's two of the legs of the tripod. We're using the gym for the physical leg and we're using the bike riding for the mental and emotional. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you've stated so many times about the, the tripod, you know, mental and physical and emotional. And it's, I'm sure there's another one in there or maybe I missed uh, not, uh, Yeah, you had them. Okay. Okay, good. Um, oh, well, well the, the mental will sometimes refer to as psychological. So it's that, that one kind of flips back and forth, but yeah, physical, mental, and emotional. Yeah. And it's, it's super important. And I can't say that anytime I see someone at the gym, when they're doing their, their particular workout or they, you know, are at a certain weight, whatever, or they have this look of, of, grumpiness on their face for lack of a better term it i could very easily say oh they their their trainers a jerk and is making them do this but that may not be the case it, it may very well be the case of their boss is a jerk and they're using the gym and their workout to get rid of that stress of whatever happened at work before they they go home and and see their dog or the kids or the or their spouse, or, you know, getting ready for a big inspection at work or, or whatever it is. We can't, we shouldn't judge why someone is doing what it is that they're doing. Or, you know, if someone's working out, I, I had a, a few ladies the other day, a couple of weeks ago, when I was doing my particular workout, I went down to the, the small gym here in my apartment complex. And there were some older ladies in there and they were just chatting and having you know, a really good conversation. And I pulled my weights out and to get ready to do mine. And one of the ladies commented, what are you trying to get all buff? I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to get all buff. Um, I'm just, this is what I am able and capable of doing at this particular moment. It's not about the body size it's about the endurance the strength to do the everyday or the shocker things that you know we need to do to get through life but it was her perspective of oh you grab the weights therefore you're you're trying to be this you know this big muscle ripped bodybuilder no and and i know that's a very common misunderstanding especially being a female and grabbing the weights people will look at you well why are you doing the weights you you're going to bulk all up and you're not going to be you know sexy or attractive or 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 put in whatever other descriptive word you'd like to in there but it's it's not that it's being able to do the weights and increase the weights just a little bit it was a huge ego boost for me um, you know, I, I grumped and complained because I didn't like my certain weight on my overhead press and being able to do something and improve and increase it, it was a, a huge confidence builder. 
Well, if you don't have that one rep max redone by the time I go to Vegas, I will be stopping by to make sure we do that. Um, so here I am going to maybe slightly embarrass you. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so you've been you've been doing the weight training now for about a year. I mean, a little over a year. I mean, I think the first time, not that you've never touched a weight before, but the first time you touched it in a structured format was when you came to visit me. I believe we went downstairs real quick and did something quick in my home gym. And I mean, that's a year and a half ago now at this point. And so you've been doing a structured thing, at least from when I went to visit you back in September and we're in the beginning of September. So another three weeks were, were a year since I came out there in that year, you've been lifting weights. You, you would not say that you've become a bodybuilder by looking at yourself. Oh, heavens, no. yeah. You have you have felt the benefit of building strength. Um, one thing that you, you have, and your father needs assistance moving in and out of a wheelchair. And you mentioned last time it was easier for you. It was the most you had to have physically help him, but it was the easiest you've ever done it. You have gotten compliments on, on your arms and on your butt. There you go. <laughs> and so, I mean, you're, you're from doing, I mean, and you're, and here's the thing. You don't need a big, massive gym. You're, you're in an apartment complex, a condo complex that has the, your typical hotel style gym. You have a couple cardio equipments, uh, pieces, but then you have dumbbells, I believe up to 50 pounds, which is a decent amount. Yes. And you have like a full rack of kettlebells, which is very uncommon that I believe went up to 40 or even maybe 60, um, 30. 30 actually yeah, yeah so that, I mean, 30 which is a good amount I mean the kettlebells is just not common so you have kettles up to 30 dumbbells up to 50 I mean and they finally got a bench in there so that's I mean that's as good as any gym commercial the gym that you would go to and so you're doing your goblet squats you're doing your your deadlifts you're doing the big lifts and you're seeing the difference and it's it's definitely a benefit to doing it and then We'll go on that other side of, you mentioned your overhead press, which when, even when I told another trainer about it an overhead press, and I'm going to throw the number out there of 65 pounds. And I, I hate saying for your age, for a woman, for, I, I hate putting that it's good for this reason. And I, I hate doing that, but 65 pounds for a woman to lift overhead is a decent amount of pounds. I mean, when are you going to really in everyday life lift 65 pounds over your head? I mean, that's enough to lift pretty much anything you'd ever do in your house. I mean, I know what your closet looks like with all your board games. If you list, <laughs> if you lifted those eight board games from over your head to put them down to grab the one you need, which was probably like on the bottom, it's not 65 pounds. I use the analogy all the time that we lift over our head once a year to get the good dishes down for Thanksgiving dinner. That's the one time we lift something big from the cabinets. You can do all that stuff. And again, going to that psychological aspect, for those that don't know the gym, your standard bar for barbell for your bench press is 45 pounds. One of the standard plates is 25 pounds. So you put 25 pounds on each side, it's 95 pounds. So I use Jen, for example, if she did that 95 pound bench and that looked like it was just just about the most she could do. They have two and a half pound plates that I call the brain plates. And I'll slap those on the either side. I'll say, just give me one more. And like, why? What's that for? And I'm like, yeah, it's for your brain. I'll explain after. And for those that don't know going into that, 
they lift and I go, you just did a hundred pounds hitting triple digits just psychologically means so much. And going from 95 pounds to hundred pounds or going, I mean, I can say 99 to 101, it's only a two pound difference, but just the fact that you just wrote down triple digits on what you did makes so much difference. And I mean, I love those two and a half pound plates. Cause it always, it, there's always somewhere, even if we're at 45, now you just did 50 and same thing. You're at 145. Now you just did 150. There's just something about that checkpoint that psychologically gives you a little boost. And, and it's not just with those two and a half pound weights. I mean, the, the, the rack that they have, the dumbbells are on in, in my little gym here are on, on two sides are the you know, three pound all the way down to the 25. And then the other sides are the 30 to the fifties and the satisfaction other than trying to put the 25s back is a pain in the backside because the fifties are blocking it. But the satisfaction of being able to grab the thirties off the top instead of the 25s down at the bottom, that was, that, that was a plus being able to move, you know, on one, on the piece of machinery, move the down one more, you know, or however you want to look at it, move the peg down, but it increases the weight one more, one more piece, just that little bit. And it's not, that's, that's nothing new. I mean, we all have done, we've done that since we were a little kid, you know, being able to, uh, in our our math races, being able to do one more math problem before the time was up, being able to get you know two more steps in before we you know hit 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 the finish line, or you know we were able to cut two three seconds off of our our time. It's being able to be pleased with the progress that we're making, no matter what it is. If it's a two and a half pounds on either side little plate, if it's five seconds off in our mile run, if it's being able to, you know, finish a book in three weeks instead of four weeks, be a, whatever it is, anytime we're able to better ourselves and see that we have improved, it's, it's, it works. It's, it's, this, it's this rush that we all love. Now, what what is something that you think you do somewhat regularly that you do for a reason other than what most people would do it? So, for example, I'm going to take that the hiking. Most people do the hiking because that's their physical activity. That's how they get their steps where I do the hiking because that's where I clear my mind. And so most people are doing it for physical. I'm doing it for mental or emotional. Are there any activities that you know that you do that? A lot of people doing it, but you're doing it for something other than what most people are probably doing it for. Oh, goodness. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there were, there's the puzzles, but I do that for the social aspect as well as being able to clear my mind. I, in my workouts for the increased uh, health for, you know, they benefiting me health wise, which is, is a common thing as well as growing my mind. And, um, you know, so, I, so I do going, crocheting and going, so going to the workout so that there, there was that, that one time. And I know you've mentioned it a couple of times on how you've noticed the difference in strength where you have done something easier than in the past because of the physical aspect of the workouts. So when you acknowledge that, 
that the the physical aspect is easier does that help you on the emotional side does it kind of just give you that oh i feel better about myself physically or emotionally because or mentally or emotionally because i did this physically easier so is that where it kind of clicks in that wow this has value beyond physical Oh, yes, most definitely. And, and like I was saying, you know, being able to go from the 25s to the 30s or, you know, knocking 10 seconds off my mile or whatever it is. Yeah, that that emotional and mental I'm, I'm doing good, not I'm great. I'm not egotistically think, saying, oh, look at me. But that pat on the back of, look, you're you're doing good you're doing good. This is a good thing. You're feeling good. You're making progress. You're moving forward. Oh yeah. It's, and do I kind of brag about it from time to time? Oh yeah. You better darn well believe it. I do. There's one of the ladies I work with. She is also a a gym rat regularly and we will, you know, come back on the Monday or Tuesday and, or even the next morning after a good workout and, and compare or, you know, laugh and, and joke with each other. Like it does was late have, day. So does she have a gym to... membership by any chance? No, she has a really good setup in her garage. Uh, with with so, squat rack? Like, could you get those uh... one rep max in there? <laughs> I'll have oh. to see. I'm not sure on that one. But we like to, we like to razz each other on that, you know, or we, we, we joke about leg day and, and how it's, you know, I, okay, we're just going to be blunt with this house. Sometimes going to the bathroom after a good leg day hurts because you're sitting on those, on those glutes that you, you, yeah, yeah, on the the sore muscles. And, you know, but it's, it's the, the pat on the back, not only by yourself, but by those who are also fully understanding what it is that you're going for and what it is you you get out of it. I'll say it for, for myself. I mean, you mentioned not in an egotistical way. Um, I mean, so my fitness journey and I've waved back and forth. I was always an athlete in high school. I was in good shape and my friend's mother in high school called me legs. I'm 46 years old. And when she sees me, she still calls me legs. So obviously when your friend's mother's calling you legs back as a teenager and she still is in your forties. I must've did something right back in high school. I was the opposite of your average guy. Most guys are built like frogs. They go into the gym, they work their chest, they work their arms. They're these big upper bodies and they got these olive oil legs. I was the opposite. <laughs> I had solid legs. I mean, I, I shoot archery with a guy who was an ex- exercise physiologist and I I had him do my body fat and uh, he brought his calipers to the club and I'm trying to pull my shorts up so he can pinch my thighs. He's like, Nope, you got big legs. You're going to have to drop your pants. So here I am in my boxers in the middle of the archery club for him to pinch me and get my body fat. But it's, it's one of those things where the past six years is when my, my health regiment and has been predominantly strength training. And right now I'm sitting at about 220 pounds I have a photo of me with my, in my 2012 soccer team. So when my seniors, my class of 13 seniors, and I have a big belly. I can't even call it a bare belly because I don't drink. Um, but I was probably about 225 there. So about, I mean, roughly the same to five pounds heavier. And if you looked at me now compared to that photo, 
And I've never been a cocky person, conceited person. I think I'm a decent looking guy. I look in the mirror now and I have that confidence. And again, not that egotistical aspect. It's not a cocky, it's not a conceited thing, but I, because of the work I'm putting in, I can look at myself and say, Hey, I'm not doing that bad. Where when I look at that photo, it's like, my goodness, that I let myself go. Um, I look at photos. I have a good family photo of me and my wife sitting on the, on the swings with Brian and Dylan, and they are two and five in the photo. And at that point, I'm probably like 235 and I'm just big and round. And it's like, what, what was I doing? But here's a perfect example of body composition. Like I said, sitting at 220 now versus 220 in that photo and big difference. And, and, and I know you struggle with the number, but when you look at that number on the scale and what you're capable of doing now compared to what it was then, I mean, you see the tone in your legs, you see the tone in your arms and the weight's not going up. And again, fluctuation plus minus three to five pounds going to happen. Um, but it, it's, there's so much more to it. And like you said, psychologically, you go, you go into work on Monday and when your friend says, yeah, I just did bench. I, I, I actually grabbed the 30 pounds and yeah, haha, I grabbed the 35s and I know it's just playful, but it's, it, it gives you that little boost. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does. And we all need that no matter how, no matter how old we are or what it is that we're doing. And what, what advice would you give someone to find a couple activities where you, you have at least two semi-regular and I say semi-regular because I know we all have busy schedules. We can't all pick a hobby that we do consistently three, four five times a week. We might hit one hobby this week and another hobby next week, but to have two activities, I would say that between the two of them, you hit that I mean, physical, mental, and emotional leg of that tripod in some way. An example, I do that the hiking it is a physical activity, but for me, it's more of a, a mental and an emotional clearing of my mind. And other people, and do the cycling again, physical activity, but it's their their mental thing. Other people do yoga because it's a, a mentally relaxing. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fart here. Uh, meditate meditative type of thing. They're doing it for that, but they get the physical aspect out of it, and so what would you suggest for people and not necessarily the activities, but just a suggestion of how to get out there and pick a couple activities so you can hit all three legs. My recommendation or what I would say is pick your two favorite activities or your three favorite activities and don't try to change anything other than look at what all you get out of it. Do your, you know, as with your hikes, yes, it is a, it is a workout, but you, for you, it's mind clearing, but you can also see the aspect of the, the actual physical activity of it with, with me, with my workouts, it's the mind clearing. It's the ego. That's not the ego. That's not the, that's not the word I wanted to use, but it is the, thank you. Um, it, it is that, but I'm also the exercise and, and the health aspect of it, the, the puzzles there, we can look at absolutely everything from multiple angles and multiple ways. And that would be my little bit of advice is don't be so focused on one activity 
doing one thing just because that's what it's traditionally done for. For example, going to the gym. Don't look at the gym as just your, your workout and your exercise and your strength building or your cardio just because that's what it's typically looked at as, but look at it as your time, you, you know, your, the me time, being able to clear your mind, solve all the world's problems and invent a few others while you're on the treadmill and, you know, or relive the book that you're reading or the TV show or trying to figure something else out. Look at what you're doing in a different aspect no matter what anyone else says. Uh, you, you mentioned the dishes and uh, Coach B, who I used to coach soccer and baseball with and, and was my coach, uh, he loved detailing cars where, I mean, no one wants to do the dishes, yet you think it's relaxing. He loved to detail the cars. He said he'd go out there, take them two to three hours, but it was, it was relaxing for him. It, he enjoyed mm-hmm. doing it. So here it is, something that other people would consider work. He found it to be that, again, that meditative moment. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this talk and I mean, how you you should look at everything you do and try to look at it at a different angle and see what you're getting out of it. And just because it's a physical activity, there's a good possibility you're getting some mental and emotional and benefits out of it. And on the flip side, if you're doing something mentally and emotional and similar to like the meditative aspect of yoga or something like that, you're also getting those physical benefits out of it. So again, hope you guys enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. Shift's Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset, and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.